Welcome once again to another episode of the Random Access Podcast, brought to you by RAPodcast.net. This is episode 34, recorded live on the 11th hour of July 17th, 2007. And here are your hosts, the man who is currently residing in Ann Arbor, Michigan, Dave Play. Hello, all. And the man who is currently residing in Saline, Michigan, Andy Lowe. Hi. And for the first time ever... The man who is currently residing in, I do believe, Cleveland, Ohio, Mark. Yo, yo, yo. Mark. Mark. Yes, I don't know his last name, nor do I want to try and... Oh, okay. Butcher it. Hi, Mark. How's it going? Everybody butchers the last name, and we stopped caring like a generation ago. Okay. Mark has joined us. Mark is a, a very important person to Andy and I. He is? Uh, yes, Mark is the the head of I don't know. Do you have an official title, Mark? I've been trying to figure one out that doesn't sound overly grandiose. I don't want to make myself sound like too important. You know what I mean? So I haven't really been able to pick one out. All right. Well, Mark is the head of the cross country super trip. The CCST. You might have heard of us talk about it for a Just bit, possibly on you know random occasions. Small. Here and there. Yeah, you know. <laughs> Every episode. Knitting, knitting and all that. So, so we, yes. Mark has agreed to join us for this episode. We will be talking about the CCST later, but first... Should, should we tell people, though, what's going on? Since um, you're in Ann Arbor, I'm in Celine, and Mark's down in Cleveland. By all means, Andy. Uh, okay, so yeah, my car's in the shop, so Dave and I um, are definitely not in the same place. And uh, Mark's down in Cleveland. So um, we're doing all this over Skype like uh, we kind of did with Zach, except Dave and I are not in the same room. So um, this isn't up to the audio par. That is what I normally use to uh, blame Skype. That, that would be I, due I, to... Uh, no, no, no don't, to... don't blame Skype. Blame Andy's DSL connection. Yes, Andy's really poor uplink. It's, it's uplinking at... 8574 kilobits a second 8574 or 85 or 74 85 or 74 okay i the, i can hit i can hit up to about 100 uh big kilobits difference there upload. between 85 or 74 and 8574 oh shut up <laughs> no it'd be a right. podcast but if if you didn't talk yeah well it would just I mean, be me and andy that. yes ooh there's an idea. Hey, I'm the one hosting this call. <laughs> Good point. That is true. And the one recording it. Yeah, all you have right. to do is hit a button and it's all gone. So should we um, hit the, the topics? Sure. So. All right, so um, it's kind of been a, a slow news week except for um, E3. E3. But there is one thing that kind of came out today that I would love to kind of hit up on this. That's not uh, E3 related or it is? Uh, it's not E3 related. Okay, it's what like the it? only thing that I could find that was not E3 yeah, related. Yeah, E3 kind of swamped the news. Oh yeah. Well, it should because it's E3. E3. Yeah. Uh, so what's this one thing, Andy? Um, so we all know Peter Moore, right? Yeah, head of Xbox. Got, yeah, bald head, goatee sort of thing. Yeah. Played yeah. a really bad thing in Rock Band like a year, not even a year ago, a couple months ago. Um, did you see him at the E3? Well, that's E3, but no, I didn't. He, he was playing. He was playing with Rock Band, 
who's with the harmonics people of the rock band at the Microsoft E3, and he was just sucking big time. Well, with a poor guy. One of the uh, one of the PAX enforcers that we know uh, who works for Microsoft. Occasionally, they they play Guitar Hero around the offices there, and uh, he told me one time when he just kicked Peter Moore's ass in Guitar Hero, just literally made him <laughs> wear it for a hat. That's awesome. Yeah, that amused me. Oh my god! Which enforcer was it? Do you know? It's a uh, big red. Really? <laughs> yeah. All right. So, what about Peter Moore, Andy? Uh, sorry for everybody who wants to kick Peter Moore's ass at Microsoft because he's leaving Microsoft. What? Mm-hmm. Where he, the hell's he's, he going? Um, he's going to EA. Yeah. EA. EA. You know, like, EA like massive EA employer of. He's going specifically yeah. to EA Sports. Well, yeah, we talked about EA splitting up into four, so yeah. he's, he's heading up sports? Yeah. Does he play sports? I don't know. Do, uh, does I, he know anything about various sports? Who knows? Is he going to somehow extend a warranty for EA, too? <laughs> Possibly. What, what warranty would you extend on a game? Let's, I don't know. Um, I actually read a really weird article the other day, though, about uh, returning video games. Mm-hmm. Because most stores won't let you return a game. That's been opened, unless it's the right. gut, which is the last one that they had to put back in the open box. But if, you know, what happens if you don't accept the EULA? How do you not accept the EULA? I think, like, once you open the package, you accept no, the No, no, no. That's why it's part of the installation, that you have to accept yeah. it. So what happens if you don't accept it? You're like, no, I disagree with this. It's but, more it's more about the store's uh policy about the package being open. The store really doesn't have any kind of relation with the EULA. The EULA is more between the uh the consumer and the publisher. Right. But shouldn't I be able to go back to the publisher and say, "Look, I bought this indirectly from you. I don't want it anymore." <laughs> I I don't agree with the EULA. I think it would have to be something dealt between you and the publisher. Yeah, and really, the the store would have to be left out of it entirely. And actually, uh, uh, at the end of the article, they talked about how the best thing to do is actually buy direct from the publisher because if you buy from the store, there's almost no way you're going to get it back. Yeah, totally. Yeah, but how many things can you directly buy from the publisher? I know EA's got a store. Who else? Sony probably has methods of yeah. buying directly from them. And I'm sure over time, more and more companies will have online stores, at least the bigger ones. I mean, uh, digital delivery and online purchasing is a lot bigger now than it was even a few years ago. Yeah, but we're going to have to get some serious bandwidth for it to be even more mainstream than it's getting. Well, I don't know about that, because there's um, Second Life, remember, a lot of stores are setting up in there. Yeah, didn't I hear that everybody was actually pulling out of Second Life, though? Everybody? A lot were. A lot were. A lot of people pulling out of Second Life? Well, it seems that all the uh, marketers that are pulling out of Second Life, um, because the uh, you know those eight million people that are on Second Life, isn't it eight million of, are on World of Warcraft and like a billion are on Second Life? Well, no, they said I think it was their. They always have their thing on their main page. I don't know what their main page is, but probably SecondLife.com. Yeah, probably. <laughs> I don't know. I don't have it. In front uh, of me. It is indeed SecondLife.com. Uh, well, total residents, many... yeah, eight million, eight million, yes. one hundred forty-six thousand. Well, it turns out that eight million is only about um, forty thousand people. What? So everyone has, on average, like fifty characters. Well, it's 
that people who people would always try out Second Life and then leave, and then oh. they would count those as the total population because their characters are still there. Oh, that's bullshit. See, yeah. WoW has 8 million active subscribers. And they're very specific about what exactly is an active subscriber. That's bullshit. Okay, so marketers are pulling out? Yeah, because it seems also they don't want to be associated with the number one selling project uh, product on Second Life is genitalia. What? Wow. Yeah. Somebody, somebody was looking at all the people who are selling stuff there, and the number one selling product in Second Life is genitalia. Genitalia. Yes. Beautiful. Second Life is kind of a, a, like a large fetish conglomerate. Well, it's a good sample of the internet, isn't it? Yeah. I guess they're right. It is kind of the – it's like living in the internet. And in and the internet, the internet is what, porn. Sells, what sells more than genitalia on the internet? Pictures of other people's genitalia? Exactly. Wow. You know, what's kind of funny is like you look at – when I first heard of Second Life, I'm like, oh, this is exactly like Sims Online. And what happened to Sims Online? It got turned into an online cyber porn ring basically. Yeah. <laughs> and look at Second Life. Online, oh, they did not see it coming. Wow. Yeah. So where what were we talking about before we got stuck on genitalia? Peter Moore. Ah, not Peter Moore's genitalia, just Peter Moore. Oh God, no. Uh, Peter. Okay. So Peter Moore's leaving for EA Sports. Yes. I damn, so. they got to be paying him a lot. Oh, actually, um, do you want to know how much they actually are paying paying him? I. That's gonna sicken me, isn't it? Um. Documents show that Moore will get one point five million dollar signing bonus, three hundred and thirty thousand in moving expenses, five hundred and fifty thousand, so a half million dollar base pay, up to uh four hundred and twelve thousand five hundred dollars in annual bonuses and four hundred thousand stock options. Where is EA located? It's in like Mountain View, San Jose area, right? Silicon Valley? Around there, I think. Peter Moore's up in Redmond right now? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, a lot of the money's just going to go to housing. Oh, totally. That's an expensive yeah. place to live, but that is disgusting. Oh, yeah. Disgusting that amount is, of money right there. That is... Oh, God. That's a lot of money. Yeah. Okay. Think, oh, yeah. <laughs> so, Peter Moore making ridiculous amounts to leave Microsoft yes. and work for EA Sports. Yeah. Is he he's gonna be the head of EA Sports? That's what I, it says. Yep. Like I guess president slash CEO of the division. Whatever the head of uh the EA Sports division is titled. Okay. The article I'm looking at says uh that he will be soon leaving the company to head up EA Sports. Damn. Well, at least I still get to make fun of him there. Yeah. You know, you know what's kind of ironic, though, hmm. is um, did did you read who's replacing Peter Moore? Bill Gates. No, Bill no. Gates is leaving Microsoft next year. Oh, that's right. He's yeah. stepping down. Oh, he's not leaving. He'll work as a consultant well, and get paid just as much. Oh, yeah, of course. He doesn't need to get paid. He's got all the stock. Yeah. That's true. He's in charge. Oh, but remember he... what happened to Apple when Jobs left. That's true. Or rather, when he was forced out. Now he's back and promoting yeah. the iPhone. There you go. This is how you make a call. This is <laughs> Mark, have you seen the iPhone yet? Like, have you? I have not. I have not personally, like, actually seen one in the flesh. Okay. Oh, Dave. 
Yep. Um, you could probably go and see one in the flesh because the Apple Store at Briarwood Mall, you know how we were talking about it? It's yep. opening uh, this Saturday. Really? I have an AT&T store around the corner from me. I, I can go see the iPhone whenever I want. Well, yeah, but it's an Apple Store, and it's in the mall. You could, you would love going to the Apple Store in the mall, wouldn't you? <laughs> <laughs> I walked by there the other day. I almost spit on it. Nice. Come celebrate the new Apple Store in Ann Arbor. Come on, Dave. No, 10 a.m., Saturday, July 21st. God, Grand I'm opening. not awake at 10 in the morning. You're not awake at, like, 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah, I'm trying to break myself of that. I think I might just stay up all night tonight. Right. Um. So, uh, we, who, did someone's coming to replace Peter Moore? Yes. Who? A former head of EA. Really? Don Matrick. Irony. Irony up the extreme. Uh, yeah. I'm not sure which side I feel more sorry for. Are we sure this isn't some sort of, like, corporate exchange program? We'll trade you our CEO for your old CEO. <laughs> it's like you the know? NFL draft. Or like or like when, uh, back when people would marry their daughters off to form political ties. Yes. This is like a political tie between Microsoft and This is Microsoft a corporate tie. EA. Yeah. Next, ne- oh, I'm saying it now. For, you've heard it here first. EA is going to get bought out by Microsoft and become a first-person publisher. Ooh. No. 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 Microsoft publishes their own stuff anyways. Well, yeah, but think, if you were able to harness all of EA and have if it as own, a first-person publisher? If they own EA, they own all EA games and can publish them as exclusives for That's Windows true. and uh, and Xbox. And That's Xbox. true. That's actually kind of scary. Yeah. I don't think they'll do it. EA is way too big. Buying, yeah, yeah, but- bu- buying Bungie was one thing. They're not going to buy EA. Unless Bill Gates really, really wants Peter Moore back. Yeah. It's like, no, Peter, don't go. Sorry, Bill, I'm going. I'm buying the company you're going to. <laughs> you work, work for, for me, me again. Whether... You cannot escape it. Oh, my. The, I, when, when I picture that, I see Bill Gates in this evil genius, like, huge desk with 50-foot <laughs> doors in the office. and So you cannot escape. <laughs> And and his office is actually an elevator. What? I don't know. I envision that being the evil genius Bill Gates' office is actually an elevator built onto the side of the building, and it just that moves be, up and down. That would actually be really cool. Yeah, I would love for that to be my office. And like, you could just stop in at any floor and check on the workers. Yeah. I the, don't know how to respond to that. Okay. And the. And the view, I mean, up yeah, and down. I mean, you go all the way up and you look out and you got this great view. And You go down to the bottom, you get out and go in your car. There you go. Yeah, totally. Hell, if you build it's it big like enough, you can keep your car in elevator. the office. I don't know, that's a lot of weight. As opposed to an entire office? Well, that that's, you're still adding like a ton. Yeah, couple. Depends on yeah. what kind of car you drive. Well, yeah, exactly. Nice little if BMW Z3? Mm, maybe. All right, so... uh He's driving the, a smart car. <laughs> you know, I've seen, like, three guys pick up and move a smart car. <laughs> I could probably pick up and move a smart car. No, they're they're heavier than that, but they are pretty light. So, the other big news of the week... Yeah, the only other big news. Well, the only other news was the Electronic Entertainment Expo. Media and Business Summit. Generally yeah. known as... E3. Media Business Summit. Yeah. 
That's what it was actually called, the E3 Media and Business Summit. Yes. Yeah. Um, now it's... In previous years, E3 has been an amazing event. It's been a mammoth event. Gamers from all around the world sneaking in so they can catch the glimpses of publishers revealing new products. In a massive building filled with big, huge screens and loud music and... Multi-million dollar booths. Yes. Square Enix had a booth in there. I think it was like $8 million or something. It was ridiculous. And now... Not they so get much. a 20 by 20 foot area. You know, what's kind of weird is G4, the TV show, actually had a bigger floor presence than anybody else in that hangar. Including the companies? Yeah. Wow. She got more square footage than anybody else. That's sad. Wow. Yeah. So E3 happened. Uh, people weren't as excited about it this time. Well, well I think what, what, was, what was your reaction to E3, Dave? Uh, you know, I didn't have too much of one. I didn't. Did you did you pay attention to E3 at all? I I knew it was going on, and I checked in every so often. I didn't read any of the up to the minute specials. I didn't watch any of the presentations. I I don't need to know most of it. I know most of it already from doing this podcast. Well, there's stuff there that was announced that you didn't hear about before. Well, granted, there was the P3 PS3 price cut. There was, there was there was nothing that was really unexpected though. Yeah. Except for the Wii Fitness board. Yeah, that was that was pretty cool. That was I, I was not anticipating that, and I'm uh, I've actually heard a lot of companies are really interested in it, not just for fitness games. Yeah, it's definitely another very innovative, very almost revolutionary thing that Nintendo has added to uh, you know, to the gaming community now. Right. I think it's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> of course you do. Why do you think it's stupid, Andy? Ooh, it's a scale. It's actually two scales. Yeah. Okay, so it's two scales. Woo! But who has implemented a scale into this Andy, type of use think, before? Think about it. Uh, it's a surfboard. It's a skateboard. Yeah. It's any board. <laughs> it's, it's anything. It's, it's anything. It's kind of like going related. backwards. Like you, you remember like looking at, at like Target and stuff during the holiday season, where they would have those like games that plug directly into your TV. They would have the golf club, and they would have the skateboard and stuff. Yeah, I feel like we're taking a step backwards. But they weren't this cool, and they didn't have the the graphical uh, prowess of a of a Wii. The, you know, the graphical prowess of a Wii is a GameCube. Well, that's still better than the crap that you plug into your TV. Yeah, considerably not better. by much. Oh, yeah, it is, Andy. <laughs> yeah. By a significant amount. I mean, that's why those things you plug into your TV cost like $20, and a Wii costs 250 Okay. I still don't think it's, it's like... Like, if they honestly had like a whole floor mat, maybe. But it's, it's, it's you a know, little tiny uh, scale. Tell you what, Andy, hold off on judgment until games start showing up. Yeah. That's what I ask. Okay, where where are these games? They're in development because they just released the board. Yeah. They haven't even officially released the board. They just said, look it, this is what we're working on. Got to wait until the boards are out for uh, with the dev kits and the developers are actually playing with them and seeing what they can do with them. Square Enix is considering using them Ooh, in their RPGs. Hmm. How? I don't know. 
I don't I, think I imagine, they know either. I, I imagine it would it would still probably be in conjunction with uh, a remote. Yeah, with the Wemo and the analog stick. Yeah, and you could think it it's sword fighting even to the next level where it matters where you're throwing your balance. I would like to see it's, an it's, actual. It's just sword more... fighting. Sword fighting game incorporating those two. Yeah, you know, uh, it's more immersive. Yeah, it adds another element to the game. Yeah, the, I, I think I've the... been. Go ahead, Andy. Oh, sorry. Um, I've I don't know. I've been I've played with the Wii. Yes, it's more immersive than me sitting here playing with my 360. But I'm still sitting here playing with my 360 because it's it's kind of like I I can't get into a, that immersive of game when the thing is not calibrated as precisely as it needs to be for stuff if that makes any sense well a little bit but uh you're saying you can't get it to calibrate as precise as you want it to be for so doing like, what you like want trying, with it. trying to play golf with the Wii mode is it's uh, yeah we played the the tiger woods thing oh really and it was a piece I, of crap i played i played Wii golf and it wasn't uh wasn't that bad but it was still like i can't do any i can't do any hooks or slices on this thing really unless yeah. i really spill on it it's it's just, uh. you, you okay over there dave yeah so yeah. Dro- drop some stuff sorry uh, i'm back thanks for that <laughs> right but it's like yes i realize that games need to get more immersive but it's like this hopefully is not the final step. This is hopefully just a basically. I'm thinking of the Wii as like a prototype. Yeah, I, I agree. It, it's supposed because... to remember. It was originally known as the Revolution. It was out there to uh, to change the way people thought about it on the basic level. Um, if I if I might interject here, I think uh, what Nintendo is doing is going in a different direction in making gaming more real. Um, we think about like the future of gaming and things like a holodeck and being inside of the game and, uh, and how real it looks. And while Sony and Microsoft have been putting this you know, very pretty face on the games and making them look as realistic as they can, Nintendo is doing what they can to make you feel like you're in the game. I'd say that's pretty accurate. Yeah. And, I mean, in, in further generations, when Nintendo applies you know, newer, more revolutionary graphics to the newer, more revolutionary gameplay. Uh, that's going to be about as close to actually being inside the game as we're going to get until we have some serious, uh, you know, technology. I think it'll victory. actually be uh, Microsoft or Sony, God forbid, adding Nintendo's uh, inputs with their graphics. Possibly. So kind of like the, the six-axis? Well, except the six-axis was a hurried piece of shit that they threw together at the last minute so like oh crap this is what nintendo's doing yeah uh Although, but it's gonna be i mean nintendo's really trying to cater to the the casual gamer not the hardcore i, I think actually nintendo more caters towards multiplayer because a casual or a hardcore gamer can get into multiplayer stuff it's fun it's social it promotes especially with a lot of the negative press games get for uh, things like World of Warcraft where, you know, people are in their basement for, you know, days, weeks on end and don't see other people ever. It I, promotes people to play games with other people in the same room. I would agree with you. Well, in the same room, yes, I'd completely agree with you. Multiplayer in general, 
the only point I have to raise an objection to that is Xbox Live. Yeah. When you compare Xbox Live's uh, friend matchmaking stuff compared to the non-existent form on the Wii. Yeah. I the think Wii and its friend codes. Yeah. The Xbox Live just blows it out of the water. Yeah, Nintendo's more focused on uh, live multiplayer interaction, people being in the same room, parties, and uh, I'll tell you what, with my GameCube, I when I had my old house and we would have a party, we never had a, anything short of anything to do when we had a GameCube around. There was always some. There was always a line of people waiting to play Smash. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I could see I'm that. I'm looking at the new Smash, and I'm looking at the Wii mode, and I'm like. I don't know if this is going to live up to it because it just... well, if you I don't know if we talked about it or if I showed it to you or not. Uh, the new Smash Brothers Brawl has four modes of control. There's like three different ways of using the Wii Mote, and then they're writing it so that you can go back and just use the GameCube controller. Hmm. Oh, interesting. Because I'm like, like yes, the the Wii Mote's great for simple games, but when you start getting into more complicated stuff, it's like, I I I just don't. Right. Which is the other thing, though, is that that's why they made it uh, expandable. That's why they put the extra port on it. So so it could be used for more complex stuff. Yes. Yeah, so like that the, over like time the they Zapper. could develop, they could develop more. The Wii Zapper is a piece of shit. It doesn't do anything. It it's a container. What, so you're not excited about the Wii Zapper? Not I mean, particularly. You could, you could build one. Yeah. I mean, if, if it's just a holder for the Wiimote, you might as well just build it one. It is. Just, as far as I know, it's just a holder for the Wiimote. Whereas the yeah. Wii Fitness Board that we were talking about is a whole new product. It's a whole new device. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, yeah, it has. I think they, they screwed up on the name of Wii Fitness Board, though. Why? What would you have called it? I don't know. But not the fitness board. I think they're aiming to be a little more straightforward. Again, going back to the whole casual gamer and new gamer experiences, they want things to be easy to understand so people know what they're buying when they buy it. As opposed to the power glove? Yeah, the power glove, the six axis, uh, you know, things like that where, where somebody who's not in the know doesn't really know what these, you know, high technology terms mean. So they, you, but when Nintendo goes with you know Wii Sports, Wii Fitness, uh, Wii Fitness Board, you know Wii Remote, they they these are terms they can grasp onto and understand relatively simply. My question is, when did six axis become a technical term? Well, <laughs> think about think about it from the uh, perspective of somebody who like say is in their mid forties and doesn't right. really play games, right? You know, and they hear the term six axis. So they're like, what the hell does six axis mean? Well, Point. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So what were your reactions to E3, Andy? Um, I, I thought it was great. I could sit here at my computer. I loved how all three of the, uh, the press conferences were uh, broadcast online. That was simulcast. Awesome. Uh, yeah, simulcast, whatever it was. But it was nice to actually like sit here and watch it with everybody else. Right. But then it was almost like, okay, I'm hearing the same thing from all the game sources because they're all there talking about the same thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was it was almost like, okay, I would rather just, hey, Microsoft press conference. Not just it was it was almost like an over, an overkill 
of just the amount of stuff and the repetitiveness. Everybody, yeah. it was like I could turn on G4 and they were talking about stuff. I could go to GameSpot, IGN, um, some other sites I can't think of well, off the top of my head. Well, but isn't that the ultimate goal of media and that, like, you're getting all the information you need regardless of the source? Also, they, uh, I think they really had less to talk about this year because there are a lot fewer companies. So they all ended up covering the same, the same things. Yeah. While in the past, you know, different you know, sources would have gone to different bits of E3 and they would have uh, experienced different parts of E3 and wrote about their parts they experienced. In this case, everybody pretty much experienced the same thing. Well, also, and- the, what, what were uh, some of the sites were actually kind of complaining about was the fact that this was literally set all, all over Santa Monica. Like you had some stuff in the hangar. You had some people in their executive suites. Sony press conference was like, down the frickin' road in, like, somewhere in L.A. or something right, like that. Right, because it, it was all decentralized. Yes. And I think that was actually part of the problem was the decentralization. It was, like, people I, – I remember reading stories from everybody talking about how they're literally running late. They're literally running down the streets of Santa Monica trying to get to wherever they're supposed to go. That sounds like a pain in the ass. Yeah. Sounds like, with any luck, this will be the last time E3 was like that. Yeah, let's hope they at least uh, you know get themselves a little convention center and just run. Yeah, maybe with the they'll realize that, like, oh shit, we made a mistake. We should have just left it the way it was. Not necessarily the way it was. I can understand why they wanted to scale back, but at least centralize it in a single convention center so they don't have to run back and forth a- across town. Yeah. <laughs> which was, uh, but, or the, I thought that was what the the hangar was supposed to be—the centralized location. Yeah, it didn't work out so well. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> it's kind of funny if you think of how well the hangar worked out. Square Enix didn't even show up the last day. Really? <laughs> they literally like, packed it, up their it. booth and left the night before. The final day, their their booth was completely empty. Just the table was sitting there. That's awesome. Yeah. They were just like, screw it, it's not worth it, or what? I, I guess so. Nobody really asked them why they left early, but they were Beautiful. gone. Absolutely beautiful. Yeah, they, oh, they yeah. probably figured they'd have better luck at uh, at more uh, consumer central events. Yeah, which like is that. the next one? E three for all. That's in October. Yeah, but yeah, but it's the next huge consumer central one. Well, not the next huge consumer central one. PAX next, doesn't yeah. count. Well, why, why does PAX not count? It's Consumer Central. Just because it's a festival, it doesn't mean it doesn't have I, a huge exhibition hall. Right, but it's not. I like no but one's going seen to go. The size of the exhibition hall. Yes, I have, and that we have four and a half stories of it. We have an incredible amount of space, but PAX companies aren't going to go and save information so that they can release it at PAX. No, but the Square Enix probably figured that there's no point for them to stick around. Yeah. At uh the Square Enix even at PAX this year? I'm looking, I do not see them. I don't think they weren't let last me, year. Let me check. Let me go Penny Arcade Media. Go get your media stuff on. Exhibitor Yeah, so so Mark, do you have a special pass this year? Um I don't really have a special pass. I have a a BYOC pass which will be coming in. Uh Unless they slip something special, 
into my uh, gift bag there, which I doubt. And I call it a gift bag because it does feel like a present when it arrives. Yeah, I know the feeling. Um, there is no Square Enix at PAX. Yeah, I didn't nah. think so. I'm not seeing them either. There is Flying Lab software, though. Yeah. Who are they? There's a lot of nice stuff. They're the guys who do uh, Pirates of the Burning Sea. Ah, yeah. yes. They've been at PAX uh, quite a few times. Yeah. There's a lot of people at PAX. Oh, yeah. It's it's huge. Absolutely huge. So I suppose we should use this to move on to the topic of interest, why we brought Mark on today. It seems sure. like a good segue. Why did we bring Mark on today, Dave? Because uh, you told me to bring him on. No, what? <laughs> <laughs> I, I got, hey, Dave, when's Mark going to be on the podcast? Uh, Mark, you busy this week? <laughs> you busy Tuesday? Was this originally my idea? It was either yours or Mark's. Oh, I, I'm pretty sure it was my idea. I've been okay. pushing for it for a little bit. It was just a matter of uh, when we were going to pull this off. Yeah, and now I got like five other people who are all going to be like, so Dave, when am I on the podcast, huh? Yeah. <laughs> when you do we something just really make it an important. an open invitation for people to show up and Skype. We could. We're we could do an open panel. Could. Uh, it might work. It might. We'll, we'll have to really test horribly. it. We'll have to yeah. test it. Mark, would you be interested in being a panel member? Sure. We'll have our own little mini twit, I guess. <laughs> so we brought Mark on uh, ostensibly for the cross-country super trip. Woo. Because Woo. he is the head of it. So, Mark, what what do you have to say about the CCST? Uh, what else is there to say? This is, this is dangerous because the last time Andy and I brought a guest on and said, go ahead, he went on for an hour and a half. Yeah, I'll try not to take up an hour and a half as we've already gone through about 40 minutes or so as right. it is. But uh, basically, uh, let's see, I should probably start with how it formed, which, uh, let's see, I went to PAX first in 2005. And the only reason I didn't drive out there that year is because I was in transition getting another car. Uh, at PAX 05, I decided I was driving out the following year. Later on... In early 2006, uh, other people brought up organizing a, you know, wanting to organize kind of a trip or get something together. Uh, the West Coast had been doing a trip. They did one in 04 and 05 and 06. And, uh, you know, straight up the West Coast, I think totaling out at 1,200 miles or so. I had in 2005 driven by myself to California. I was more than confident in my ability to get across the country. Um, I noticed that some people were trying to talk the people out of driving across the country, bringing up unrealistic figures and, and just data that wasn't really substantiated. So I jumped in with what I knew and what I could incorporate and essentially fell into organizing the cross-country super trip last year. So it wasn't really by choice. It was just like, uh, crap, I've got to step in and do something. It, it was more like if I want something like this to happen, I'm going to have to do it myself because nobody else on the forums at that time was, you know, seemed like they were actually going to get it done. In 2005, there was a guy uh, who goes by the handle of Dead Metal, and I believe he's an enforcer who's from Vancouver. He tried to organize what he called the Great American Super Trip. It fell apart pretty quickly, though, because it was clear that if he was to go, he would be driving across the country and back. And uh, I looked at some of his old uh, map charts, and they looked even more 
difficult to understand than my original map charts, which were trying to get everybody, you know, to join in together. I mean, it almost seemed like he would have people driving on three separate parallel highways at the same time before they met up. Uh, In fact, with those uh, convoluted routes last year, we ended up, everybody who ended up coming was essentially just about on the main route, except for one car from Colorado, which had to drive the most, yeah, which he had to drive the most distance to reach us. Yes, we all know, uh, we all know the story about sticks. Yes, sticks. Who wants to tell that story? We we know the story. Most oh, you, yeah, I think I, most of the listeners know the story by now. Okay. This is Andy having to take over for the other car, which threw our little rotation out of whack and threw a lot out of whack. Uh, That's why Andy wants to teach me how to drive stick. Yeah, I need to get on that too. I just don't have access to uh, somebody with a stick shift vehicle out here. But, uh, I don't have a stick shift anymore, so yeah, I, you know, makes it difficult to learn yeah. when there's one on hand. Yeah. But anyways, like, yeah. So I kind of I think I stumbled upon the forum post about the CCST. Yeah. Right. And there was somebody else supposedly coming from Michigan, but then they dropped out, and then I convinced Dave to come along, and then how did we right. convince? Mike to come along. Uh, it wasn't so much convincing him. It's uh, I went over to Mike and said, Mike, Andy and I are driving to Seattle to go to Penny Arcade Expo. You want to come? Yeah, sure. Nice. Was he at Denny's with us when we first thought about this idea or no? I think he might have been. Yeah, he was at Denny's at one point. Yes. After so I think laser that's tag. when I brought the idea up to you, and then Mike was there also, thought it was a cool idea. It was after laser tag one night. Yes. Oh, so that brought tag. me into the CCST, and then... And I kind of got yeah. yeah, yeah. Now, uh, one thing I've noticed actually about about people from Michigan seem to turn out in droves for this. We had three cars from Michigan, including you guys. Uh, this year, I believe we have three cars, and then uh, two people from Michigan who are riding Meeting in a car. Someone else, Wisconsin. yeah. In uh, Wisconsin, yeah. It, if I may uh, try and explain this to some degree. Michigan is based in the auto industry. The whole economy mm-hmm. is roughly based around the auto industry, uh, which kind of sort of translates to Michigan drivers having their own little sense of pride. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michigan drivers, and this may just be because I'm from Michigan, but as far as I've seen, are different than any other state. Yeah, I've noticed actually um, near the beginning of the CCST last year when we were trying to still trying to get our bearings for driving, you know, with I think at the time it was six cars all together without losing anybody. Uh, one of the other guys from Michigan from one of the other cars came up and said that you should let somebody from Michigan lead this, uh, you know, yeah. you got to drive like we're from Michigan. And I'm like, no, we don't need to drive like we're from Michigan because we don't all need to get pulled over. We wouldn't because, have. Well, it's hard to say. I know. Uh, so Michigan drivers, uh, Michigan people in general have just this this sense about driving. And mm-hmm. so it, it's not very surprising to me that a lot of them are going to turn out to drive across the country. Yeah, no complaints for me, for sure. The more we're, the merrier? Yes. We're uh, actually looking at about 14 cars right now. Jeez. How much is yeah. that? We had like, what, six at the most before we hit Idaho? Iowa last like, year, yeah. Oh yeah. Um, we had uh, we, no, we, had, we, we rolled had up in up to six. Seven. 
Did we have seven? We rolled in. I think I we had seven. Six or so. I thought we rolled well, in with six. We lost but... one, didn't we? Well, one the one broke away because they had the kids and that whole mess where they couldn't keep the schedule. And uh, and we lost the one in South Dakota. Right. I think we just still had the, Dubai. the yeah. what the two cars from Michigan. Uh, there CU. were two Buicks. Yeah, two Buicks and two Toyotas. The guy from uh, Toyotas. The guy from Colorado who met us in Mount at Mount Rushmore in South Dakota. Right. There was uh, you guys, the other Toyota, the other the- Buick, Buick number two, that I named it because they couldn't come up with a name. Right. Uh, from Michigan and my Buick. And then the guys from Lucky Sue. Lucky, Lucky Sue, Sue but- and then the van. The van was mainly like, the entire trip was the, just the those. van broke away though. Yeah, so yes. that's six. But yeah, the uh, I mean, the, basically the the three of us, my car, your car, and the other car from Michigan, were the only ones that really made the bulk of the trip all together. Lucky Sue would have, would have, and they did make it out. Yeah, and, uh, <laughs> you know, for for Sunday. Wow. Yeah, they they weren't giving up. They were not giving up. Those were some hardy gentlemen. Yep. So how does this year compare to last year? Um, we've learned a lot. <laughs> as much That's as an understatement. As much as we did know and thought we knew going into last year, we know a lot more. And uh that can definitely be evinced by the very sizable handbook that Andy and I are putting together. Um I believe we are at oh somewhere over 20 pages right now of just just information things to do before you leave uh stuff to make sure you have on hand um a little guide to packs in there uh driving information all kinds of stuff that uh that I just I want to make sure people have access to that kind of information ahead of time and are able to read through at least skim most of it but uh read through the important stuff and really know where we're coming from and what we're aiming for. Um, it's also larger. And that's uh, yeah. going to be... Well, we have over be, twice as many cars. Yeah, that's going to be an interesting uh, coordination technique. One thing I think we're going to uh, try out this year is making sure that the last car changes lanes first so we don't end up... So basically, they, they're blocking off that part of the lane for the rest of us to get in. Mm, that is, sounds like a right. smart idea. I, I think we actually talked about that last year, and we almost yeah. had it going towards the end of the trip. Yeah. Well, we did it. We did it for that. Um, basically, when we pulled in, we're we had to get on I four hundred five from I ninety. It's five fifteen ish, something like that. Yeah, right in rush hour. Yeah, exactly. We're hitting rush hour. And we have to get over two lanes. Um, we stopped where we were because we were not about to pass the interchange. Um, well, there and, also was the the rush hour traffic was just crazy. Yeah, it was yeah. insane. We were on schedule, which was shocking because we were behind schedule for a good chunk of the trip. But we made up so much time. Well, we um, skipped a stop. Did we skip a stop? Yeah, I think we skip, just. I you, think, you had built in a buffer. Yeah, well, yeah, I built in, in the, the form of time. like no, in the form of a, an extra stop that we just skipped. Yeah, we did skip. Well, I think we stopped, but we just got we gas. We stopped and there and we got gas, and that's when I accidentally killed the Toyota battery, and so we had to get a jump yeah. start. Yeah. Okay. 
but we were we were well i built a lot of buffer time into the schedule to begin with which was and, a very good thing yeah i mean it's you have to build in that buffer time and then uh and then we were skimming time off of some of the stops and just tearing ass to get to seattle and you guys called us i remember uh jerry was on the phone with you guys and he told me or maybe it was a text message but either way he basically looked at me and he told me they uh that you guys had calculated out that if we didn't drop below 45 miles an hour we would be on time yeah for the next like seven miles but then we got to the interchange and it was just a clusterfuck so we stopped um you guys were actually at the back end and we had you guys move over a lane and stop and so no more no further traffic could block us from getting over and uh then the rest of us got over and i think this time we're about six cars uh and then we got onto 405 and made our way to the uh the victory convention center yeah our victory lap around the convention center which was in the wrong direction because i accidentally took the wrong lane off of the exit yeah we noticed that fortunately you know having been to (laughs) bellevue in 2005 i knew where the highway was in relation to the convention center but uh, we did those, have to turn around. Those were good to, times. To oh yeah, that was. Are we great. doing a victory lap this year? Um, I don't know. It's uh, we around the Crown Plaza. Yeah, I mean, because also we're all staying at different uh, hotels, right? So I don't even know how we're going to work that one out. Which uh, one tip I have for everybody who might be listening, who's going on the uh, CCST, is make sure you have the people riding in your car throw down for the ga- or for the uh, parking as well as the gas and et cetera charges. Yes. That, uh, yeah, parking is like 25 right. bucks a night or something like that. 30 bucks 20, is what you sent me. 28 plus tax at the Crown Plaza. Yeah, so, uh, about yeah. that. Mm. Yeah. Considerable amounts of... Uh, alternate solutions. Search feel- for... Alternate solutions. We've actually there. There's a there's a thread that there was nothing. People were looking for alternate solutions, and for people in our situation who are driving from such a distance, who don't really and and who want to keep our cars, just not. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I really don't plan on getting in that car until we leave, with a very few exceptions. Right. Um, but for the most part, that car is going to be parked in that lot at that hotel and not move. Yep. Because I do not want to see the inside of it, and I definitely don't want to smell <laughs> the inside of it. Note to self, buy Febreze. Note to you, add Febreze to the list of things to bring. Yeah, the little checklist that's part of the handbook. Uh, one of the Some appendixes. sort of uh, air freshener, car freshener. Osium is, um, is an odor neutralizer, and a very good one at that. You just don't want to use it in the car when people are in the car. It's one of those that it's like hazardous to inhale. Ooh. But it's okay once it's settled. It literally clings to uh, particles in the air and just weighs them down and drags them to the ground. Sweet. Yeah. Sounds it's pretty very good. like toxic though, but sweet. It's it's used in in like hotels and hospitals uh, to neutralize odor. Nice. But yeah, it's not used while people are like in the hotel room. It's used after they're gone, which is what I would recommend for using that in the car. Is use it. You know, after you're out Park of the car. Park the car, get everyone out, get all the stuff out. Yeah, and then spray it a little bit around and leave it. And that should take care of some of the smell. Febreze the seats, unless you have yes. leather seats, which I would hate to have leather seats on this trip because it's hot as hell in August in those northern <laughs> states. Yeah. Well, it, actually, it should, be, it should be a little cooler 
than last well, year. Dave, you're in a tin box. True, but it still it should be a little cooler. From sunup to sundown. And it's 100 degrees. And sometimes sunup to sunup to sunup to sunup. Yeah, there's... um. Yeah, yeah. You you remember the uh, where was I? I think it was in Montana. The, like four sunrises in a row. There couldn't have been four sunrises in a row. There were because well, we just kept going around this mountain. Oh yeah, okay. That makes <laughs> and so sense. the sun would go up and then it would go behind the mountain. And it would come up. <laughs> oh yeah. How about the bear? I was oh, asleep God. for the bear. I was asleep I, for the bear. I was not I was, there. I I was actually asleep for the bear as well. I remember them. I remember waking up to the car swerving around the bear, and uh, asking what the hell was that. And they're like a bear. <laughs> that was in South Dakota, though, right? No, no. I think that was in Montana as well. That was in Montana. That was in Montana. Shit. Montana, land of surprises. I, that mountain man. Remember the yeah. mountain man. The mountain man. There was a mountain man at one of the uh, the hitchhiker stop. guy. Yeah, I think he was yeah, inside. I remember. We actually just talked about him in the last podcast, I think. Oh, the one that's not up I, yet. No, so. we talked about him oh, during we talked dinner. About it at dinner. Never mind. Oh. <laughs> Continue I spent, dinner. I spent so much time with Andy, it all blends together now. Yeah. Which might be a problem. Yes. <laughs> now that we know that Skype works for this, maybe we'll just keep doing that. No. No. <laughs> I don't know. Andy just might kidding. need a, a faster connection before yeah. we can do that. Oh, shut up. But we'll see. I'm actually kind of interested in this panel thing, but we'll have to see yeah. about that later. It would add a new element to the random part of the Random Access podcast. Just every couple of episodes, randomly. Yeah. No real schedule for it. Just find people and, hey, come on in. Yeah, possibly. Yeah. All right. Well, cool. Anything else that you can think of, Dave? Uh, yes, but I have to look it up first. <laughs> well, nearing the hour mark. Yes. Well, while you're looking it up, I'll, uh, you know, site whore out the, the CCST site. Go for it. Which is uh, ccsupertrip.org, one word. Uh, you know, it's got the schedule, the, the, uh, the groups, little bits, tidbits of information, uh, email and that. And then also uh, check out the Penny Arcade Expo forums at pennyarcade.com, penny-arcade for people who don't know. And yeah. uh, that's that's chock full of helpful tax information and people who are willing to answer questions. So did you find that yet, Dave? Uh, yeah, but not really, so forget it. Okay. Well, okay then. Andy, right. do you have anything else? Um, I don't have anything else. Mark? I think I've covered pretty much everything. Did your, your little site whore thing? Yeah. Okay. Did the site whoring. And the IRC whore? Well, um, I could whore out the IRC channel. And the vent like channel? To... Well, the vent, vent's really coordinated through IRC. Through IRC, yeah. People are just like, get on vent, and people get on vent. But there's uh, also a PAX-related IRC channel that's uh, you know unofficial. I pretty much uh, opt that. It's uh, on Slashnet, irc.slashnet.org. And it's, uh, you know, the little dot, uh, pound sign. PA forums underscore packs. So uh, people are also in there all the time talking about everything ranging from uh, cosplaying to gay sex. So stop on in and don't be afraid of the gay sex. It's not for real. They're just joking. Mostly. Mostly. Watch out for recruit. Yes. <laughs> all right. I think that's good for now. All right. All right. Later, I'm everyone. Speechless.
Goodbye. Yeah, bye, everyone. <laughs>